We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello and welcome to uh, another show with uh, Lewis, Cecilia and Rachel on Unscripted, the film show. How are we, Unscripted Nights? You know, it's, it's hot out there, but um, we're, we're keeping well. I, I'm, I'm confused though. It's like how it feels. I said to Rachel on the way in here, it feels like literally I walked out the door uh, you know, from last week's show and then walked back in the door today. It feels like a week has not passed. Yeah. It feels like a day, if that has passed, since your last show. <gasps> yeah. Year. I had a bit of a weird one. I was sitting at work trying to finish something and it was kind of four, but just before I would normally leave to get to the show. And I had a bit of a thought. I was like, wait, is it Wednesday or Thursday? I was like, Wednesday? Thursday. No, Thursday. It's definitely Thursday. So I was like, oh, better get my butt into gear, get in the car, because usually I face quite a bit of traffic. Was it my uh, message that said, how is our staffing tonight? It it was actually that that prompted me and went, (laughs) oh my gosh, it is actually a uh, Thursday. I was like, I better get going because often, yeah, I get a bit of traffic, but uh, traffic wasn't too bad out there today. It was uh, quite pleasant. Maybe maybe people just decided to take off Christmas early. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, or it was like, it's too freaking hot. Um, Are they getting prepped for... Black Friday tomorrow. Oh, they're, they're, but what would they be prepping for, really? <laughs> Camping yeah. out? I don't know. It's there's, not like that here. No, yeah. there's a well. Mm, there's a lot of things that are online now, and they mm. do something around the thir- Thursday. Well, no, if thirsty Thursday for sales Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, the thing the thing is though, the thing is though, Black Friday mm. is uh, an American tradition because they have got Thanksgiving mm-hmm. on Thursday. Now, if you want to celebrate Black Friday and go to the sales and do that kind of thing here, I think it should be uh, illegal to go unless you've got turkey <laughs> on your breath. Like you know, you walk in, you have you gotta, to. Have you gotta breathe. <laughs> the, the, the person welcoming you, the, the person welcoming you says, you know, welcome to our store. You gotta breathe right in their face, and if they do not smell turkey, they turn you away. <laughs> you know that's how it should work. You know, if you want to celebrate the, the the sales, you gotta celebrate the holiday. And what if it's online? Do they do the does the keyboard have to detect grease on your fingers? Mm. Or well, I think that's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, they should actually. You, you have know, to upload a picture of yourself while Thanksgiving <laughs> eating. <laughs> Yeah, uh, either eating or a picture of you like just sitting sleeping back on the uh, yeah with your pants slightly open because you've overeaten. <laughs> I feel like, like that e- could... either either way, I'd be happy with that. That's I, fine. I just don't think that customer service people need any more like ridiculous Stuff. emails <laughs> with random people <laughs> with their pants. Can you after? imagine? Oh my god! Why mm. why do we have to have like Black Friday sales? Like, why can't we just go so back that to we like... can get ready for Christmas? <sighs> I'm sorry, I have I am one of those people who wants to go online tomorrow and buy all of my Christmas presents tomorrow. So, yeah, that's me. No, it, it, was much, it was much better back in the day where you'd have, like, your Christmas and then you'd go into the store the next day and all those things you bought are now 25% less <laughs> and you just feel like a tool. But, no, I, I mean, it's, it just seems weird. I don't know, just, you know, having an American sale and not having the American holiday that's mm-hmm. the point of the whole sale. Yeah, it it seems a bit pointless, but I, I get it. I mean, I people it. people want to go out and get things prior to Christmas, and you know, it's a good. I'm the kind of person who will literally go and get petrol on the most expensive day just to avoid waiting for cheap things. So I'm the kind of person who. So you're broke. Well. Well, I just can't be bothered. I just can't be bothered. No, you're pay- broke because I, you're paying for I fuel get on the most expensive Very, day. very angry in stores with people's walking speed. Oh, um, I know. Very angry. And I'm quite a calm, collected person, mm. but 
yeah, stepping into a shops and people and when people stop to look at their phone and you're right behind them and it's like keep this moving people like you mm. know stay to your left or stay to your right. It's it should be one way this way, one way back. It should be if you've got to stop and look at your phone, you've got to pull over. Like don't yep. stop in the lane that is moving people. I've got stuff to do. I'm I am <laughs> surprised that my friend Joe and I are still best friends because she has what I call Joe's speed and I'm like oh as she's on Joe time it's mm-hmm. she'll she'll be 20 minutes late she has gotten better over time but she only has one speed which is kind of relaxed mm. and I only have one speed which is I am never relaxed this is my walking speed yes it looks like I'm on the way to a very important meeting um but no this is just my speed I don't yeah. have any other speed so yeah I get that at the office as well I'm like People are walking back to their desk really slowly and I'm like, I understand you don't want to work, but um, please move. Please move. Please just get out of my way. It's like when, you know, you've got people who are going to stop you to have a chat about something and it's like, nope, sorry, no. Well, I'm in customer service, so I'm like, nobody else has the same kind of urgency that we have in customer service where I've got got to go. Those phones are ringing. I literally have to be somewhere else now and Mm. people are like, oh, hey, did you see that? And I'm like, oh, please kill me now. So, but uh, anyway, mm. yes. Mm. What a tangent we have <laughs> weaved ourselves into. Um, but while we're talking about uh, tangent type things, um, this is slightly the weird. It's a sub, it's a it's a segue. Um, I've been on the phones all day and I can't speak English. So um, top ten, we have to start thinking about it because, like Lewis said, it felt like yesterday. That we were here before, mm. and now we're here again. Um, and before you know it, it's going to be December, and then we're going to be needing our top tens and bottom fives. So if you want to start thinking about what those things are, we're going to do it on December the twenty first. So just before Christmas, and um, yeah, we'll do the round table thing. So if you want to get in there, let us know. Yeah, start thinking about it. Be very interesting. I look forward to. It's always good. We always seem to pick completely different movies, but we're we also. In- seeing a lot of different movies mm. like we choose different things to say yes to so it's kind of good this year because the uh christmas is doesn't seem to be anywhere near a thursday mm-hmm. which is nice yeah because i usually like uh, it, there'll be a like a day we've got to come in and uh, do the show during the holidays so uh this time it's like oh okay cool nice we yeah to. Mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to it mm. so uh and we'll have to yeah, get ourselves organised. I'm telling everyone this because it's it's a way of reminding myself that I need to get organised. So. But it'll be here before we know it. So, uh, yeah. And I can't even remember what I've seen this year. A lot of years blend in. This is in. the problem. Sometimes I think of a film and I'm like, that was awesome. And I realise, well, that was actually last year. Mm-hmm. And I've already done that and I can't Mm -hmm. then do it again. So, yes, now I need to really think. And there's a lot of films I've seen this year that I've highly rated. But then I'm now thinking and I'm like, "Mm, did I rate that too high? Or there's movies that you rated lower and and you've kept thinking about it all year and you're like, I clearly should have rated that higher. Yeah. Because it's stuck in there. I need a system, I think, in how I rate things instead of just coming up with a random number. I think I need to somehow come up with a way of doing it because I always second guess my rates and scores and go, "Mm, I think I might have maybe half less, half more type of thing. So anyway, it is what it it is. They hear your reviews. They know how you feel. Yeah, but getting back to the Christmas side of things, uh, I, I went to uh, the uh, DVD store or the Blu-ray store on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You did, um, and and the reason is because um, I'd heard Guillermo del Toro had uh, uh, made a comment. I thought the comment was something like, "You know, it's our moral imperative to uh, collect these physical media," um, but uh, I couldn't find the actual quote. And then somebody posted it today, and he's uh, saying that uh, he said uh, physical media is almost at a Fahrenheit five four five one. Uh, where people memorize entire books and thus become the book they loved, a level of responsibility. If you own a great 4K, HD, Blu-ray, DVD, etc., or film you uh, or film or films you love, you are the custodians of those films for generations to come. 
Mm, um, custodians, yes. Well, that's right, because the, the other thing we've mentioned before, like mm-hmm. if all you're relying on is streaming, then you can only watch those films if you can find a streaming service. And you don't know whether those films are the original film or whether those films are a cut-down version of the film. Or So it's the only way to have the actual film is to have the actual film. Uh, and the reason I said that is because I did go on the DVD store and uh, I wanted to be a bit Christmassy. So uh, last weekend I picked up uh, The Grinch, uh, so the the Grinch who stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. and also the animated Grinch with Benedict Cumberbatch. Such I could a not great movie. could not get my hands on the original original Grinch, but I will hopefully get my hands on that eventually. Uh, I got uh, Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. uh, just Classic. to be on the safe side, uh, and I got Violent Night because uh, we've we've made the decision we've got to see that before uh, yep. before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I picked up some other things as well. Uh, June, because I thought, well, I better watch it and see if I can get through it. Because <laughs> while I watched it the first time, and it's... Did you fall asleep the yeah, first Yeah, I did. Time. I'm surprised you didn't hear me snoring, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got to try and watch that. So I'll be, like, you know, well-rested, uh, have some caffeine, and hopefully I'll make it through. Yeah. Uh, I got the Maximum Rampage Edition of Cocaine Bear. Oh, what, <laughs> what, what could that involve? Because I keep looking at it on... It is on streaming at the moment. I'm like, I have to watch that again. I'm desperate to watch it again, mm. but it's I have to sit down with, with Chris to watch it. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, Maximum Rampage Edition uh, ensues, but um, I will... Comment I hope that that's a movie that needs commentary. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but if you're wondering, it is MA15 plus and has strong blood and gore, mm-hmm. animal attacks, violence, and drug use. <laughs> uh, and also, <laughs> for, for only 30 bucks or $29.98, I got a Nightmare on Elm Street collection. <gasps> Eight Whoa. discs, seven movies. That's awesome. That's yeah. a lot. That's, 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 that's a really, lot. That's cool. That's a bargain. Yeah. That's a bargain. bloody bargain, mate. Uh, that's is a it, Black Friday bloody bargain <laughs> right there. It is just <laughs> a thirsty for sales <laughs> Thursday. It is just a DVD. But I like still, that better, actually. I, I like that. Yeah, I don't think Freddy needs to be in high definition, so I think it'll, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, well, we do have actual movies to talk about tonight. They We've... were actual movies. What are no, you no, about? no, 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 no. I just meant I'm segueing. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't segueing well enough. From that movie to this movie. Yeah. From older movies to current movies. Um, you guys both saw Napoleon with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, you saw Lewis, that's who I'm pointing <laughs> to, um, Friday Night at Freddy's. And you also saw... Five, five Nights? <laughs> Friday Night at Freddy's. Five Nights. <laughs> Five nights at Freddy's. One of those thirsty Thursdays at Freddy's. I don't want to go to Freddy's if he's thirsty. (laughs) One one of those nights might have been a Friday. They don't. Um, don't So not Friday night at Freddy's. No. That's a very different film. You're going to Freddy's, man? Yeah, yeah man. it's Friday night, man. It's for some reason, it's a bunch of stoners who are, like, super excited about going to Freddy's. We've got some good stuff this uh, week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just creating a, a new story in my head. Um, so I'm going to strike Friday and put... Five. Five. Five nights at Freddy's. Five the, nights multiple at the Freddy's. The film takes place over five nights. Mm-hmm. Not a Friday so night. So it could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or it could be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, well, Wednesday. There's a... There's a uh, we don't know. A, or it could be. <laughs> there's a one in seven chance that one of those days, one of those nights was a Friday. <laughs> Lewis also saw cat people. So we've got three movies to throw movies. Um, cat person, I think it is. Cat person. person. Oh, my God. <laughs> cat people. <laughs> I am really doing superbly, guys. Um, yeah, this is what happens when you're on the phone for eight hours a day. You and just, that, uh, that, that first one's Napoleon, person. not Neapolitan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse Dude, um, I did, please tell me I spelt Napoleon correctly just uh, for the team, everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I'm so proud of myself I spelt it correctly. But on that note. Um, How good is Neapolitan though? Oh, it is good. Just like chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. Yeah, it's just... Definitely strawberry, vanilla. I prefer out of that though. Mm. Oh, I'm more of a strawberry chocolate. Mm. Lewis? Um, I, I like all he three. He just likes I vanilla. Think, yeah, <laughs> yes, just <laughs> vanilla for me. Thank so you. Just go and get the vanilla ice cream. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I used to work at an old folks' home. And it was always vanilla ice cream. And it was just like, come on, surely they need more. But they need some excitement mm. in their life. Come on, man. 
All right. On that note, um, we're going to play a couple of sponsors and be back talking about one of the movies and see which one I get right. Cardinia Kitchens, located in Fremantle, a local company specialising in the design, supply and installation of bespoke kitchens, including laundry cabinetry and bathroom vanities, all crafted and custom-built to your individual requirement. Using only the best locally sourced materials and qualified tradespeople, Cardinia Kitchens provide a full in-house service. So come visit their showroom in the centre of town at 30 High Street or check out their Facebook page. You can also call proprietor Dave on 0451 867 765 for a no-obligation chat about your ideas. Cardinia Kitchens, proud sponsor of Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. The Star Shop in Osborne Park, specialising in the guaranteed service, maintenance and quality repairs of all Mercedes-Benz passenger cars exclusively. All work is carried out in their fully equipped workshop using the latest diagnostic equipment by a team of experienced Mercedes-Benz technicians. Located at the corner of O'Malley and Hector Streets in Osborne Park, call 9445 7988 or visit thestarshop.com.au. Loan cars are also available on booking. The Star Shop in Osborne Park, the Mercedes-Benz Specialist, proud sponsor of Radio Fremantle. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. From one Lewis to another Lewis. <laughs> oh, yes. That was me, of course, yeah. That was me, yes, me, yes, yes. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. I can still do it, still do it. Um, we're going to talk about, um, is Josh Hutch- Hutchinson in this movie? Josh Hutchinson is in this movie. Oh, I always struggle with that surname. Because um, I, uh, I saw Hunger, Hunger Games <laughs> earlier in the week. Hunger. I saw the Hunger Games, I saw the Hunger Games <laughs> earlier in the week. And he was in the original... Honey Games. No. He was in the original oh. Hunger Games, oh uh, not in the uh, the new one, which is um, yeah. Well, if you listened to last week's show, you know what I thought of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he is in this film, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. And the reason I wanted to watch Five mm-hmm. Nights at Freddy's, and I was kind of like a little bit, a little bit obsessive about wanting to see it while it was still in the cinemas. Um, is because I saw Willy's Wonderland. I think possibly saw it earlier this year. I can't remember. Um, and no, it must be last year. So Willy's Wonderland is the Nick Cage film where he is like a person who doesn't talk. I don't know whether he's mute or he just decides not to talk. Um, but he's, wait, he doesn't talk through the whole movie. He does not talk through the whole movie, which is weird because Nick Cage is kind of known for his acting and his acting is a lot of talking and he does dial up to 11. Yeah, and but he also dials his physicality yes, to 11. Yeah. So, so there, there, is, there, is, there is points in this film where he does dial it up to 11 in, in, with his physicality. Um, but I love that film. Mm. And that film was about this guy who goes to a town, uh, his car gets uh, the tyres blown out, he's got uh, he's going to get it fixed by the local repair shop guy and he, he can't access his money to pay for it so he's got to go and clean an old like uh, kids amusement restaurant similar to Chuck E. Cheese where they've got animatronic uh, creatures that uh, come to life and he uh, has to fight them off and stop them from killing him and other people uh, during the night. And it's a great film, absolutely loved it. And then I heard about Five Nights at Freddy's which is a, a movie which is based on a video game series also called Five Nights at Freddy's where you're trying to hide from these animatronic creatures trying to kill you. So I thought that uh, you know, either Five Nights at Freddy's ripped off Willy's Wonderland or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see this film to see just if it was like a carbon copy of uh, Willy's Wonderland or whether it was something unto itself. Um, and it was, it's a completely different film where they've actually got like a lot of story and depth in this film where the Nicolas Cage one is a really, really straightforward story. They don't put a lot of effort into the the, the, the mm-hmm. story of it. It's just like your know, dude goes to this amusement restaurant thing, gets attacked by the animatronics, kills them in various ways. Uh, whereas this one here, um, you're not like in the game, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, you don't seem to be trying to attack the animatronics and, and kill them and save yourself. You are using like uh, security cameras and stuff like that to hide from the animatronics mm-hmm. so they don't kill you. 
in uh, Willy's Wonderland, the animatronics are possessed by killers, uh, like serial killer type people. Uh, and I thought it would be a similar thing in this, that the uh, animatronics of Five Nights at Freddy's were possessed by uh, you know, killers. Um, but apparently not. They're possessed by something else entirely. And that something else makes you go, aww. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, a, like it's a horror. Um, it's not too heavy, though. I reckon it, you know, even people who don't like horror could still watch this film without being too scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's a, it's really because games movies based on games are generally rubbish, but this is actually a good film based on a game, and um, it's what you got uh, Josh Hutchinson's character Mike, and Mike is raising his sister Abby because his mum has died and his dad's kind of taken off, mm-hmm. and they they explore it in a film that when Mike uh, was young, and I'm thinking Mike was young and Abby must have been like a baby, um, his their brother was abducted, and then never found. See that's. More than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. See, mm. see what I mean? Like, just, just that. Just that. Yeah. Like, you just go, I, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm engaged. Tell me more. You, you know what? I, for some reason, this is reminding me of um, a couple of X-Files episodes. Oh, okay. I can see that. Mm. I can mm. see that. I'll have to tell you later. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Mike, when the brother got abducted, he saw the car driving away with his brother in the back. And so he spends every night trying to get himself back to that place Mm -hmm. to see some detail that he can try to find out who it was that took his brother. Um, And so some really deep kind of stuff in there and, like, it's just, like, trying to, you know, trigger those those memories and, like, you know, see it in his dreams and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so he goes, uh, he's... Because of all this kind of stuff, he, he kind of like finds it hard to hold down a job. So he uh, eventually like takes his job at um, Freddy, uh, it's called Freddy Fassburgers, I think is the, the name of the um, uh, Freddy Fassburgers Pizza. So it is like literally like a, the, we had in Perth Pizza Showtime, which had the animatronic characters on stage, the heads on the wall, and video games upstairs. So, what? Yeah, we had Pizza Showtime here in, in is Australia. It, was that a real. Like was that really like like was that in the nineties? I can't talk. That was in the eighties, and it oh. was in Murray Street. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was one of those things where I, as a kid, went there and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it so much. I just thought it was something I'd made up in my head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so I, I for for at least a decade, you know, decade and a half, I was like, you know, thinking, oh, that was really weird. That would be amazing if they had a place like Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing here in Australia, but they don't. But, you know, I remember that thing and I must have made it up. And then I was in a comic shop that I worked at. So, you know, I thought about this thing when I was a kid and I wasn't sure whether it was real or not. And it was like, you know, uh, pizza and animatronics. And, yeah, the guy goes, yeah, Pizza Showtime was just over there. <laughs> I was like, it existed. What? Oh, my God, I'm not insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I've always had an affinity for these kind of kind of things. And so, um, but this this movie, the way that they, they structured it, and I think that the game is structured similarly. So if you do know the game, you, you mm-hmm. know what I'm probably referring to. But I was just really taken aback by, you know, it, there was a bit of heart and sensitivity mm-hmm. and stuff to this this uh, movie as well. I'm not sure how they can make any sequels to it, <laughs> but um, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, it was really great. Um, so you got uh, Josh Hutchinson, uh, Piper Rubio plays uh, Abby, his sister. Uh, you got uh, Elizabeth Lale plays Vanessa. Um, she's a cop that's kind of kind of helping him out. Um, his... Uh, um, uh, guidance counselor, employment agent kind of person is Matthew Lillard. So it was great to see him. Hey, again. love seeing oh, Matthew Lillard. Good to see him. Uh, Mary Stuart Marston plays the evil aunt who's trying to take a young Abby away from Mike. Um, and yeah, so it's a, the cast isn't isn't massive, um, but yeah, it's it's enjoyable. Um, it's it's well paced. Um, like. I, I think Willy's Wonderland is still great um, and I think Five Nights at Freddy's is a really great piece of uh, horror um, that's got a bit of heart. It's mm-hmm. a Blumhouse film and Blumhouse is just yeah. really good at, uh, at doing horror but just like giving it a bit of a, a, a bit of a twist on it. So, mm. yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's, it is um, in cinemas now. I don't know how, how much longer it'll be in cinemas but, yeah, I'd recommend catching it because it's, it's just something else. Mm. <laughs> have you um, since gone online to have a look at... Um, pizza Showtime. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to pass my phone over to Cecilia so can, she can see the craziness. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. But that, that is psychotic. Scary. And sca- that's my... That reminds me of um, the episode in It's Always Sunny at Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they go to the um, a similar type yes. of yep. scenario and there's a character there as well. It's Yeah. They're just creepy, aren't they? Hmm. They do look creepy. mm. There was something, I have this memory of something similar to that um, being at the Royal Show and I feel like we got into into some kind of, uh, I don't know, set up and took a photo and they all looked like, not similar, not like that, but similar and I'm like, what was that? Was that some crack dream I had when I was a child? See, that's what I mean. That's, that's why I thought Pizza Showtime was just something uh, I imagined that as you a child. Made I can see why you yeah. would think that because it looks banana grams. Yeah. Mm. It looks crazy. Um, yeah. Um, but interesting. Well, I'm going to give uh, Five Nights of Freddy's uh, four pictures of a forest on the ceiling. Oh, Fair enough. Uh, Well, on that note, we might play a couple more trailers and be back. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. The French Revolution. Was that what it was? No, Napoleon's not the French. Um, Waterloo. Waterloo. Well, this the, film, yeah, the French the Revolution. Waterloo. No, absolutely. The, Fr- the French Revolution yes. was, was part of Napoleon. Um, and, you know, this is the film that, you know, Lewis and I went to see last night. It is a epic historical drama um, and it is directed by Ridley Scott uh, but, all, but written by David Scarpa who uh, his name sounds so familiar to me but I forget to check his um, filmography so I'll have to do that but this is a film which stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon um, you've also got Vanessa Kirby who stars as Josephine his uh, wife for a period of time but the film really spans uh, quite a lot of Napoleon's life You, we begin in 1973 where uh, he 1973? oh my god 1973 I'm 17. dyslexic here that's clearly not correct but uh, yeah it begins in about 1793 17? thank you 1793 <laughs> and right at the time where Marie Antoinette is guillotined uh, and you know Napoleon Bonaparte is you know watching that uh, and then he it's kind of the rise the first part of the film is his rise to being kind of a leader but uh it touches on very pivotal moments in his uh, military career, mm. if you like. You've got, uh, you know, the when he prevails uh, in the Battle of the Pyramids in Egypt in 1798, uh, when he's crowned the Emperor of the French by the Pope in 1804. It really spans right up until 1821 when he's uh, exiled to... Uh, some I or Saint Helena or Helena, uh, and he dies in eighteen twenty one. I think six years after he's exiled, so it spans about twenty eight years of his life. So of course this is going to be a long film, uh, two hours forty. I think it sat out, mm. or maybe just a little bit under. But a lot of the film as well is his relationship with uh, Josephine, who he meets. Uh, they marry, and it's quite a. Uh, up and down relationship you know she's unfaithful at times and then you know he wants a son but she's unable to you know provide him with one and of course that's having, his fault having an heir back in the day was it was a big thing and you know having a son was really really important to people who um yeah wanted an heir but uh, a lot of it again as well is uh his involvement in uh, particular battles or you know really important um you know right up until waterloo as well so i'm kind of I think there's been so many different films, books about Napoleon. I heard somewhere that there had been, since his death, uh, the number of days since his death, there's been like a book or a movie about him or something like that. I don't know how accurate that fact is. I heard Mm. that uh, recently on the radio when someone was talking about this film. But, 
yeah, it, it kind of spans, you know, 28 years of his life, his relationship, his military career. But I thought going into this film, being a Ridley Scott film, it was going to be quite... You know, Ridley Scott's not known necessarily for excellent storytelling. He has got some fantastic films behind mm. his belt. But when you go and see a Ridley Scott film, you it's more about the visuals, right? Mm. The... Um, you know, how epic it is. So I kind of thought going into this that we were going to definitely have some, you know, more dull moments in a film where we're exploring Napoleon's life. But I also thought we might have some really epic battle scenes, uh, you know, particularly with his military career. But even with those, I felt like they weren't as epic as I thought they were going to be going Mm. into this film. Now, I know you've seen this too, Lewis. So I don't know, how did you... What were your initial thoughts going into the film? Were you expect? Did you have high expectations? I had quite high expectations of this film, and for me, I just don't think it quite delivered them. It just felt a little bit up and down. I felt like I didn't really learn anything necessarily about Napoleon. Maybe I wasn't supposed to, well, but uh, I I went in there thinking, well, this is going to be interesting because. Joaquin Phoenix is an interesting actor mm-hmm. um, and I thought really Scott, he's really good with, you know, doing things that are just a bit of a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, an interesting film. Um, but uh, I found it really dull and boring mm-hmm. and I, I found it really hard to not only uh, focus my attention but to not fall asleep. <laughs> um, it was... I. I did like, you know, there was just times where I was just phasing in and out mm. and I had a like Red Bull on the way in there um, and I had a 600 mil bottle of Coke. So I had like caffeine and stuff fueling me mm-hmm. and still I was just like, yeah, this is, uh, this is not working for me. Mm. And it was um, the actual battles, uh, they reminded me more of... Um, you know when they do those historical reenactments of battles, and yes. it's always like you know people that are you know putting on their their costumes and like you know, ah d- you're dead now, and mm-hmm. the person's got to lie down. It reminded me more of that than seeing a like you know movie cinematic recreation of a battle that happened. Um, you know there, there was some the big there were some big moments um, in it, but for the most part, it was kind of very pedestrian kind mm-hmm. of uh, pre- presentation of of the battles. So yeah, I was not uh, I was not drawn in, um, and also uh, Joaquin Phoenix did some like he made some odd choices with with Napoleon. Um, and he was childlike in some of some scenes. Mm. His maturity, he felt mm. very child. But maybe I don't know if that was a was. Napoleon like that maybe I don't know maybe this is where the research goes into it Mm. but maybe he was childlike in some situations but it just felt like he was sometimes a toddler having a tantrum yeah yeah that's what it felt like to me in Uh, some parts Mm. and it's kind of interesting where (laughs) they go he's such a great uh, leader and uh, you know he's a great strategist and stuff like that it's like no, no, no. He's just a dude who loves cannons. Like literally every battle, all came down to having cannons. And yeah. it's kind of like the dude with the biggest cannons <laughs> wins. So I know this gets brought up a lot about Napoleon syndrome because he was short. He wasn't short, but did he was something else shorter than normal? Because he seems obsessed with cannons. Large phallic, large, yeah, perhaps exploding devices. Perhaps I have to admit, though, there was the the beginning when Marie Antoinette is guillotined was quite horrific. I, from that scene, I was like thinking, "Oh my god, is this film going to be mm, just mm. death, death, death?" Because then there was a scene where uh, a horse—I shouldn't really spoil too much—but the, there's a horse that's injured, and I found that quite like in your face. Mm. It started out quite strong, I thought, in some of the scenes uh, where, yeah, people were being injured and I thought the brutality of war was really evident there and you think, why? But then it, yeah, just faded off a little bit. And I feel like in these types of films, when you're exploring the life of somebody, you almost feel like you go on a journey with that person, but I didn't feel like there was any rise. I didn't feel the rise of his power. Mm. I didn't feel like I seen that play out it almost just felt like he was there and then automatically he was just this 
important person. Yeah. I didn't see the succession of that. I didn't see him. I mean, like what, what made him yeah, him? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe that was the way it was. Maybe he was always considered an important person, and I say that with um, quote marks. Uh, but mm. I thought, yeah, it was the rise of his power and, and succession, but I feel like I didn't see that, and there was no, yeah, nothing behind that. It was automatically just him in an important position and people listening to him and admiring him for... Yeah, and the relationship between him and, and Josephine was was really strange. I thought mm. really strange. Um, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it, yeah, really bizarre. One one thing they did uh, they did get very right was the misogyny of the era. Mm-hmm. Um, just the uh, you know all of the guys are all in charge, and you know the women are nowhere to be seen. And um, there's there's one one point in it uh, where, where Josephine's like, "Have you had affairs?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course, I'm a man." It's like just ah. It's just like you, you know, she gets condemned for having affairs and yeah. it's like expected that he's going to have affairs. It was so, yeah, just normalised, mm. wasn't it? He was just like, yeah, of course I did. They served their purpose. Yeah. And, and he says that. He goes, yes, mm. they served their purpose. And <laughs> But for her it was like, no, here's your stuff. It's outside leave. And it was just um, horrific. But, yeah, there's, there's um, at the beginning of the film it shows kind of the end of the reign of terror mm. where uh, I, you know, which is a period of the French Revolution where... Where, um, yeah, lots of massacres and things occurred and, you know, there was a lot of imprisoned people and then all of a sudden they just get released onto the streets. Uh, I, I liked that storyline. I wanted to see more about that. But uh, I guess that's kind of, you know, starting the starting point of the film. Because all those people were like rich people that were going to get yeah. beheaded. Yeah. Because they, they were like the... Uh, yeah, I wonder, I'd, I'd love to know more about that uh, that side of things. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of movies about it. Les Miserables, is that around that? I was literally going to bring that ah. up, yeah. Were you disappointed that it, there wasn't enough singing? Because yes. it's the French Revolution. <laughs> you know, I've never seen Les Miserables. Really? Uh, I've never seen it. Uh, I don't know why. I've just never been drawn into it. But uh, I'm interested I've never in been the French a Revolution. big fan, but mm. the, the, one, the, the movie with um, Anne Hathaway and, and Hugh Jackman <laughs> was not too bad yeah um as long as you skipped over russell crowe singing <laughs> do you know though with this film it was interesting because it got to the battle the, the waterloo mm. the battle of waterloo and waterloo. when yeah when sorry we got, no 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 but when we got to that point i went here we go this is where this film gets epic this mm. is going to be a battle scene it's going to be visually awesome and it wasn't no. that's where i thought things were going to pick up in this film even though it was the third act mm. and we were almost at the end of the film i thought that this was one of those films where it was it, building to it a was crescendo to a crescendo and i thought that that was that point but it was not that point at all it oh. it did not impress so uh, yeah this didn't impress me. No. Didn't impress me much. Don't impress me, me much. One, one thing that I'm, I'm reminded of the more I see these uh, uh, films about wars of the past um, and, uh, you know, the people I feel sorry for, uh, the, the people I feel most sorry for are those poor buggers on the uh, battlefield uh, who are given drums for some reason. Yes. Like, I was thinking <laughs> that. I was like, what is the point of these people? Yeah. It's like, here. We're coming. Yeah, yeah, they, you can just imagine you're there and they go, here's your gun, here's your gun, here's your drumsticks. What? <laughs> I <laughs> I am, honestly, <laughs> that was the exact thought I had. I was like, there was that guy with the, like, the thing and yeah. then all of a sudden a cannon just hits him and I'm like, poor guy, like... Yeah, so he, he was just trying to toot his own horn. He did not have to be there at all, or at least give him a weapon so he can defend yeah. himself after he plays a pretty song. Like, at least. The come oppo- on. The opposing side is just like, you know, yeah, aim for the drummer. That'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might make a funny sound when the gun hits it. it honestly, bang, I was like, bang, check what it out. the hell? Uh, I did quite enjoy the battle scene, and I can't remember what battle it was, but it was in Alaska, I think, or no. Somewhere cold, Somewhere cold because Russia? there was, yeah, Russia. there was, oh, yeah, they did march into yeah. Moscow. Russia makes more sense than um, Alaska. Yeah, I don't know why I thought Alaska. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's I mean, in, you can see Russia I mean, from Alaska America? according to uh, Europe. Um, yeah, no, completely. I don't know why I'm thinking of so, Alaska. So why am I thinking of Alaska? I'm telling you because that chick with the glasses who was into politics for a while in America was like, I can see Sarah Russia Palin. from my house. Thank you very anyway, much. Anyway, it was somewhere cold, but there was a battle scene on ice. 
and I thought that was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> sorry, oh, yeah, that, I'm just that was good. That one I must. That was, was good. Yeah, that yeah. was that I liked that. Um, Horrible. <laughs> no, and you know, oh, hold on. The Alaskan War was a violent North American conflict between 1884 and 1887. So, so she was just picking up a different bit it, of. It was just. But a different she part said of it was a war on ice, and immediately I just thought of Disney on ice, <laughs> and just, <laughs> like, just a whole lot of like people in really beautiful gowns and everything shooting at each other but on so ice weird skates. Because 1776, there was wars going on in America. America existed while Napoleon was was mm. there, and it's kind of like, oh my god, it's so, it's so weird this thing of all these things happening concurrently. Mm. But the, the the strange thing is in real life is that there was a hat of Napoleon's uh, that legit went for sale uh, at auction recently. Three million, I think. Was it three million. I'm pretty oh, sure okay. it was three. Oh, I might be 2. wrong. Or, or maybe yeah, two point yeah. five or three million. And it's kind of weird though because that hat is hundreds of years old. Mm. It was literally on the head of like this. Um, this person from history that is just that it was so important to oh, yeah, French two, history. Two point one million. Two point one million. Yep. Now, there's been like first appearance of Batman and Superman comics that are you know just under a century old, but there was millions of copies of those printed, mm. and those cop- comics are worth more than a hat that was worn by Napoleon. And that to me, as a comic fan. That seems wrong. You yeah, think, I think it is bizarre when you think like, oh, some of his hair might be in there. Yeah. You could clone him or check his DNA. Oh, my gosh, they should do that. Check his DNA and be like, um, yes, he's got all the traits of a narcissist. <laughs> I don't know if you can detect that in DNA. I'm but... not sure, but yeah. <laughs> But no, it was a, it was not a great film. It was it was just boring. Or maybe he had mercury poisoning because he wore that hat so much. Could be, yeah, mm, yeah. But yeah, it was just maybe. it was just very dull, and uh, I think it was a bit too jokey. Like uh, I just would have thought like a more serious take on it might have been the way, or like go completely jokey. Mm. You go, go and make it fun. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Ridley Scott is not the best director for for that. Mm. But yeah, anyway. how how are we going to score Napoleon? Too. Bloody cannonballs. <laughs> I am going to score this three. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, three exploding horses. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, it's the first what? thing that and came I, to mind. Ironically, both of our, our scores are intertwined. <laughs> 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 and I mean, I, I can understand why that would be the first thing to come to mind, but because I'm sure if you saw that, you would never forget it. Yeah, I've, I've just it's just stuck you in can't there. You can't see that. Um, on that cheery note, let's um, <laughs> have a couple of sponsors, and we'll be back talking about Cat Person. So uh, let's talk about Cat Person, and when I say let's, I mean Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's all up to me. It's all you, baby. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, Cat Person. This is a, a movie that I, I wish that somebody else had come to see it with me. I wanted to. I was <laughs> supposed to, but then I, I'm a person who's over 40 and I drank cocktails the night before <laughs> and then I overslept. I had to go to a conference but because um, it had the title Cat in it, yeah. the word Cat in the title, I thought, yeah, I'd like to see that. Excuses, excuses. Uh. <laughs> but no, no, the reason I wanted to, something else to see it with me, particularly a person of the female persuasion, mm-hmm. um, is just because this film, like a lot of it comes uh, around uh, like your feelings of safety. Right. Like, because me, I can walk down most streets uh, in Australia and feel relatively safe. Um, uh, there's obviously streets in America, lots of streets in America that I would, wouldn't walk down because I, I wouldn't feel safe. Are I'd they streets down. with no name? Uh, no, no. There, there was a, there's a whole really area called Tenderloin. There was a... In San Francisco, there was a street called there was a suburb called Tenderloin, and I, Kat and I were walking down there, and we were freaked out. Really, it was a scary, scary place. If you're ever in LA, don't leave the strip. The strip, because if you leave the strip, it's scary. So not LA, sorry, uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, don't leave the strip mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. It gets scary if you do that. Mm-hmm. But um, the the thing is, though, like as a as a man, generally speaking, you can walk around and, and not feel too much fear. Whereas I think uh, women have more fear because... Um, because of men. Um, yeah. And we have to hold our keys in a certain way. Mm. You're taught 
before you go out um, as a teenage woman, how to hold your keys. Yeah. yeah. And so you're, if you're a single woman and you're looking to, to, to date men, you know, you're hoping that that person is not going to be someone who's who's violent and is going to want to kill you or rape you or, or do any of those kind of things. But there is a potential that person could want to kill you and rape you and do all those kind of Far things. Far out. Or I eat mean, you. Like or that eat movie. you. No, wasn't there that movie about the... Um... Oh, Fresh. Fresh, yeah. 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 Anyway, don't so, don't trust Stan <laughs> Sebastian. Yeah. So the um, the thing is, in in this movie, uh, you have got uh, Margot played by uh, Amelia Jones, and she works in a uh, a movie theater, and it, she's like you know um, just the kind of person who's going to go to college, and she you know, wants to date people, uh, and then she runs into this guy uh, Robert played by Nicholas Braun. And uh, he he's kind of awkward, and um, they they strike up a friendship, and then they kind of start you know dating. But she's um, in her head, uh, like I think either paranoid or anxious that he is going to hurt her, and then uh, they eventually like they uh, break up, and then he just completely turns. But then she's fixated on him, and so it's it's a really it's a hard movie to 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 accurately describe. But she sees things and that like prompt her to think that maybe he's not the person that she thinks he is. So um, red flags. Yeah. Now the reason the film's called Cat Person is because like he said, "Oh, I'm a cat person. I've got cats." And then she goes to his house and doesn't see any cats. She's like, oh. "Why doesn't he have cats? If he said he has cats, but he doesn't have cats, what's going on here?" So she's um, also in the trailer. He appears to be not very good in bed. Yes, yeah, that that is also a a thing that he is uh, is not very good at. Um, so the movie is interesting. It's kind of lighthearted, tongue in cheek in in some parts of it, but it's just one of those films where I'm just trying to figure out you know where it's coming from. Like, is it saying that you know she uh, kind of causes what happens in the movie herself because of her paranoia? Ah, I see. Yeah. Um, and would the events that unfold in the film have happened? had she had not done certain things that she yeah. did. But the thing is, I don't want to go there because it's kind of like you're know, victim blaming if, if you do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. That's why I wish that Somebody someone had, seen, had it. seen it and I could discuss it with them to kind of like just figure out what's going on. Yeah, it definitely um, needs two points of view, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. But the, the, the story has uh, – the story is really interesting and um, it makes – like, because I've never had to, to date in the in the modern era. Mm-hmm. I mean, over my the course of my adult life, I've been single for a month and a couple of days, I mm-hmm. think, in total. Wow! So I don't, lucky you. <laughs> so I don't know how this dating thing actually actually works. It's trash. Yeah. As um, someone who's been there and done that, I'm glad I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cecilia. That's all good. It's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, dating. I don't know, I think it's different for everybody because I don't necessarily have trouble getting dates. I just don't have time to go to dates. So for me it's, yeah. But I, I think meeting people online, there's always... I have younger friends who are meeting people online, for example, mm-hmm. and in my mind I fear for them. But for me I'm like, oh, yeah, I can kind of sense a red flag. So meh. did these people meet online in the film or no. did they meet... Outside, no, yeah, they, they met like in the real world. Ah, Cause, cause that's the better way to meet people in the real world. Because <laughs> she was working, at, uh, she works in a theatre. Yeah, and he's a was a movie buff, and he was going. Ah. And it was like a revival kind of theatre showing old movies. Yeah, and so he was going there, and they yeah just you know struck up a thing. She was like you know making a joke about the red vines yeah. and stuff like that. So it is like. It's an old school kind of tale because they didn't meet online or anything like it's that. It's almost like meeting somebody at a grocery store. Yeah. Sorry, that's the the trope. That was the uh, what it was in Fresh. Fresh. Where, ah, right, right. Yep. Stan Sebastian, eight yeah. people. Yeah, but it's it is an interesting kind of film. It's like about the, like trying to meet people. Like if you see somebody and you go, oh, that person's really interesting. How yeah. do I how do I meet that person? Like if you if you kind of manipulate that that meeting, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is like it's just uh, it, there's a lot of lot of questions in this film that uh, yeah. that need answers. Um, but it's 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I am so sorry that I overslept. No, 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 no that's quite that's quite all right. It's a, it's a good film. Um, it's got uh, uh, Geraldine Viswan Nathan uh, as Taylor in it. I think I'm pretty sure she was in Never Have I Ever. Um, uh, she was definitely in Blockers. That uh, that film mm-hmm. uh, with I, I swear that she was in. Uh, but I was probably mistaken. It looks like. But I'm she's mistaken. obviously cool because her name is Geraldine. It's a cool name. Yeah, it's my mum's name. It means warrior. Does it? It oh, sure does. I didn't know that. Warrior. I and like she it. is. I wouldn't fight with her. <laughs> I have many times and lost. Uh, no, it sounds like a very cool film. Yeah. It kind of almost, like you say, it needs two points of views, yeah. um, a male and female perspective. Not even necessarily a, a gender specific, just two different points of views yeah. entirely as to what the film is maybe trying to say. Uh, but no, I, I like the sound of this and it's one that I'll definitely try and or I'll add to my watch list uh, for sure. I mean, he, he does, he, um, yeah, I know, completely different actress. Sorry, my, my bad. It was <laughs> just the similar kind of acting, mm. like the way she acted, it was similar. So but anyway, um, yeah, it was, see, he initially doesn't come across as a bad person, just an awkward person. Mm-hmm. But then... Uh, he does like you know when you see a trailer, you go, no, no this, this guy's a bad person. Mm. Um, but it's just like the, that thing about whether, like you know, uh, as a woman, uh, should you just if somebody's a bad kisser, should you just have sex with them anyway mm. because they'll be grateful for it and things like, no. like that. Is, like sorry, yeah. So it's just just some, some some interesting stuff in this film that you want to see and then discuss it afterwards. And you know, yeah, I don't know if you'll ever come to a consensus on it. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where it's like a, a film that you, you keep thinking about and going, I really want to understand why this film was made. I think but, any film that prompts that in, in somebody to go away and, you know, want to talk about it and, you know, have conversation and things like that is a good film, mm. in my opinion. Any mm. film that prompts that conversation or that divisive time of, you know, dialogue or, yeah. It is certainly interesting because I've got a couple of friends who have, who are also in the dating scene Mm -hmm. and I've had some interesting conversations with them Mm -hmm. of late and, uh, yeah, I probably – I won't say it on air but just uh, the difference between – no, I'm not going to say it on air. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Quizzy's not here this week. No, so – but we are going to – we do have to head off in a moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play a track. Uh, I tried to. Is it going to be uh, Waterloo by ABBA? (laughs) I did line it up, but I also lined up Huey Lewis and the news, The Power of Love, because I was looking for The Heat Is On, um, and I was looking for it in the 80s tracks. It didn't exist there, so I was like, I'll just play Huey Lewis and the news because why not? Why not? but, yeah, I was going to play Waterloo, but it's much too short. It's only two minutes and 45 seconds. Ah. But Quizzy is away for quite an extended period of time, but we've got a bunch of he's, – he's already lined up a bunch of playlists. I'm like, how did he do that? He Find time. No, no, he didn't. These are uh, best ofs. Oh, um, even better. Best oh, off. Really, just they've, they're repl- he's replaying older episodes. I just so, imagine yeah. him sitting down for, like, a long time just – Yeah, because his shows are two hours <laughs> long. <just laughs> bashing out these pre-records. And I thought, that's com- – Commitment right there. Mm. That is commitment. So, anyway. Mm. But on that note, we're going to catch you guys next week. Lewis is not going to be here next week. I will week. not be here, no. Uh, but Cecilia and I have a couple of things to talk about. So, you're stuck with us. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture. <laughs>